Welcome back, Crack fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. We have another special edition of the show for all of you listeners today as part of our rollout of Project Elite, our program providing NIL opportunities for collegiate tennis athletes across the country. We are so excited to introduce our first Cracked Rackets athletes as part of that program. Now, hopefully, you all already listened to my conversation with Ohio State women's tennis standout Isabel Boulay. On today's show, I'm joined by Ohio State men's tennis standout Cannon Kingsley. Now, of course, Cannon was one of the players, the biggest storylines of the past 2021 season. At one point, he was 27-0 through the regular season. And of course, with all of the quirks in the ITA rankings, they didn't always reflect that fact. But there was no denying Cannon was one of the 10, if not five best players in college tennis throughout the season in 2021. He, of course, was also an All-American in 2020, Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 2020 as well. He's received academic All-Big Ten honors in 2021, two-time Ohio State Scholar athlete, someone we are proud to be associated with here at Cracked Rackets, and someone, quite frankly, who is perhaps best suited to benefit from these new NIL-created opportunities. On today's show, we talked to Cannon about that. We talk, obviously, about his past season, where he thinks he and his Buckeyes are at entering 2022, and then, of course, the pro aspirations he obviously has, how these sorts of NIL opportunities benefit him as he approaches that pro career, how he thinks they might benefit college tennis moving forward as well. It is a fantastic conversation that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy. Quick programming note before we get to that, I already mentioned the Isabel Boulay conversation. If you missed any of our chats from uh, the Lotto Elite Pro Tennis Challenge in Pennsylvania, you got to chat with Eubanks, Golbis, and so many more. You can find them all here on the Cracked Interviews podcast feed. We've got plenty of U.S. Open preview content coming up on the Great Shot podcast. We've got daily recaps of Cleveland, Chicago, and Winston-Salem on the mini break as well. You don't want to miss out on any of that. You can find it all on our website, crackrackets.com. But with that said, let's get to another member of our Project Elite team, our newest Crack Rackets athlete. It's Ohio State standout, Cannon Kingsley. Joining us on the show today, one of our newest Cracked Rackets athletes. You, of course, know him as an ITA Singles All-American. You know him as the Big Ten Freshman of the Year in 2020. I want to say co-player of the year in 2021. I know there's a whole drama about that, but of course, in Ohio State, stand out during his time for the Buckeyes. Cannon Kingsley, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, Alex. Did I open up the old wound with the player of the year debate? I do uh, remember. Yeah, it was a bit of a brouhaha. I was necessary, but... <laughs> Uh, look, I like to have a little bit of fun uh, to okay. start the show. But, of course, when we look at your season, again, in everyone's eyes, I think it was, you go undefeated. Like, it's tough to argue uh, that anyone was better than Cannon Kingsley throughout the course of the regular season. And uh, we'll talk about all of your tennis. We'll talk about everything. But the reason we have you on, obviously, is you are someone we are so proud to be associated with moving forward, one of our Cracked Rackets athletes as part of of this whole NIL extension, what you student-athletes are able to do, and that's where I want to start today's conversation. Uh, just more broadly, I, I asked this to Isabel Boulay as well, and one of your, I suppose, fellow program mates at Ohio State. Is being a student-athlete a full-time job? Do you feel like you would even have time to do anything else right now while at Ohio State? 
Yeah, I mean, other than tennis school, um, doing NIL stuff, I mean, the open doors is, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a job. I mean, a lot of the stuff you got to do, you got to disclose the information to Ohio State. You got to submit stuff. You got to be posting all the time. I mean, I consider it almost like a full-time job with all the things that we're doing as, as student athletes. But um, obviously, I don't know what it's like working a, a full-time job. But Yeah, no, not quite yet. No, for sure. But I just imagine... Because, again, it you get on campus and you just moved back to Columbus, and I will say the new room looks good. I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. But um, I, I, you're there all year round, right? Like, I don't know, in the past, you're, after your first summer, because it was a COVID year and everything was a little bit funky, but how frequently have you been on campus now through your first two seasons? 24 months, would you say you've been there, like, 20 of them? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't here for a long time, obviously, during COVID. Um, yeah. I went home for about three, four months until I finally got opportunity to start playing some tournaments down in Florida. There was some Saddlebrook exhibition matches and I didn't come back to Columbus, I think from March till about, I think late July. So other than that, I've been here most of the time here in the summers training uh, with the guys. And, you know, I consider it my main place to train. You know, I come back to New York and it's mostly kind of relaxing and seeing family and stuff at this point. And, uh, trying to spend as much time as I can in Columbus, for sure. Absolutely. And for you now to have the opportunity uh, as a student athlete to just, again, take advantage of that fact. You know how, you know, that Ohio State community, how much they value their athletics. And in particular, obviously, the brand new Ty Tucker Tennis Center and people who have ever been to a match in Columbus knows Ohio State loves their tennis programs. And so, again, for you to have these opportunities to just be involved with people in your community and get to represent them while you're representing your school on the court. What does that mean to you? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a great thing to be able to represent Ohio state. Um, you know, just being here in two years, it's flown by, uh, really fast. And I've gotten to know a lot of people. And obviously last year was kind of tough with having home matches and, uh, and not, uh, not having any fans. Sorry, I just turned my light on. Um, not having any fans, that was kind of tough as far as you know interacting with people at Ohio State and and stuff. But I think this year will be a, a big uh, change back to how it was freshman year. Uh, definitely getting back to normal and you know meeting new people and obviously being you know a part of a real school because it almost felt like last year I was doing everything online. I was kind of remote, just like at the tennis center and back in my dorm and. You know, I didn't really feel like I was in school, but I think uh, this year will be will be a good year for sure. Absolutely, and I want to talk about what that COVID year was like, particularly given it was your you know first year on campus and just to lose your season midway through. But uh, even before we get to that, again, just to finish off on this NIL stuff, to have the opportunity to take advantage of again just being a successful athlete, and this is your craft right now this is the thing you are working hardest at and obviously with this nil you have the opportunity to do so i know it's a hypothetical i've talked a lot with coaches and with players who are just starting out on the futures and the challenger tour it's really expensive to be a a player trying to break through on the atp tour and so to have the opportunity to go to college and i'm not saying make exorbitant amounts of money but to be able to put some money away on the side and you know then be able to say you know what I'm ready to travel and I can actually support myself through that first year with all of the difficulties is that something you think about because I know you're a guy with pro tennis aspirations no 100% I mean this is a huge opportunity I think as far as like even for colleges just uh, keeping guys in school um, just knowing that you can make this money while you're in school and kind of that security to know, okay, I'm going to make this much money this year and this year, and I'll save up, you know, and be able to go and travel this many months. 
um, I think it's definitely a, a huge like thing for college players to, because we're not making any money, you know, before this happens. So going to tournaments is, you know, just all our expenses. And um, yeah, it's, it's really tough for sure breaking out. I think every guy that's not within the top, I would say probably top 250 is really, you know, trying to break even. So it's a really good opportunity for college players to be able to play more pro tennis, I think. Mm-hmm. And obviously Ohio State is particularly well-suited to accommodate its athletes, athletes like mm-hmm. you, like Isabel, like others who will have this opportunity to take advantage of their name, image, and likeness. And for what it's worth, I think you have a good name, a good image, good likeness. I think it's all going to work across the board for you, Cannon. But uh, big picture, I, I want to know your thought because – there are not that many people, I would say, as well-suited as you to answer this question. I'm going to butter you up here before the tough questions come. I already got my dig in um, with the Big Ten Player of the Year stuff. But, you know, again, for college tennis moving forward, a guy like you who makes U.S. Open Junior semifinals, and I'm sure was teetering, do I go pro, do I go to school, what exactly is the best pathway for me? Does NIL incentivize it that much more to go to college tennis, particularly for the Americans and you know the good programs will take yeah i guess your thoughts on this as it relates to college tennis's future like obviously you happen you made the choice to go before this nil decision was made but i'm curious your thoughts about how this decision impacts the sport moving forward no 100 percent. i think it definitely is going to incentivize more people to play college tennis i think it's going to be a recruiting tool actually a lot as well coaches you know will be able to be like okay we got you know we got these donors who are going to be able to do this and that and you know i think it'll 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 be some you know it'll be interesting you know i don't know if there's going to be like new rules that are going to be put in place as this goes on you know like how far this can go like how much money you know people are going to be able to take there might be a limit of it like you know but i mean as far as tennis i don't think anyone's making like as much as you know guys that are playing football and basketball but there's no bryce young no (laughs) yeah yeah but um but i think it's definitely going to be like a a good recruiting tool as as far as like getting people to go to college instead of pro you know when you see a a kid that's a very good junior but maybe he's got 10 15 hp points and he's just inside the top thousand and you can say to yourself okay i can make this much money playing futures for a couple years or i can go to college and make a lot of money on nil and and you know improve my game and go to school and get an education so i think it's definitely going to be a, a really big thing as far as getting more people in college yeah my trade-off would be and again we can end this conversation here because i want to talk tennis with you but two years right it's like if i can go to school for two years mature physically for two years because i'm sure where you are now compared to where you were entering school you know 2019 2020 you're probably think you're i I think you're a different player in all the good ways, right? Like completely continue to improve. And let's say that person enters with NIL. It's just like two, even the prospect of only two years, right? Those two years beat the perhaps idea of the 18-year-old spending six weeks in in South America and just kind of having no idea what he's doing. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, Definitely. Yeah, I don't know what else I'd add on to that. (laughs) Okay, sorry. I've thought about this a lot. Yeah. yeah, no, but it's just it's fascinating to to monitor moving forward. So I appreciate your candidness on the topic. But again, talking about college tennis, making the transition to the pros before we get into the nitty gritties of your career, we look at the ATP top 100 right now. And obviously, you know, Steve, uh, John Isner, Steve Johnson, Kevin Anderson, they've been the faces of how college tennis works, at least on the men's side for the past decade but you start to look at some of the other names now there's a there's a depth that i think has started to emerge guys like mackie mcdonald marcos Giron, arthur rindernash who's had a breakthrough season he graduated texas a&m not too long ago yana Konofman still 
top 100 and guys like Nuno and others making the charge up the rankings. Do you see that? And I'm curious, what do you make of that? What what might be the reasoning for that? Um, no, I've definitely seen that. I've noticed that a lot. And I think um, college tennis is a good path um, towards playing pro tennis, obviously. And um, I think some players are definitely starting to break through. And although it's a little bit later, I think that on the HP tour, guys are getting older, you know, um, the top, I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but um, I'm sure the top hundred has a lot more players over the age of 30 than it did in the past. But um, I think guys, you know, they don't really need to be rushed into playing pro tennis. Um, I mean, I wouldn't think anyone's fully developed as far as a tennis player until you're about, you know, 25, 26, at least. Um, and that's probably a couple years after you'd be done with college. So um, I think, Definitely, these college tennis guys are, um, are starting to break through, and it's it's inspiring for me also, knowing that you know even though some of these guys that are my age are playing pro tennis a little bit more, and they're ranked maybe 400, 500, whereas I'm about 800, I know that I, I can break out, you know, when I start playing full time, and I know that I'm at that level. So, mm-hmm. absolutely, sure. and you see the again, uh, you see the success they are having. There's no doubt. I agree. I think that the success, the translation, is happening quickly. For you, I mentioned the scenario, you know, you were one of the top-ranked juniors in the country, and you did have, you know, going into, I believe, your freshman fall, that was the fall you made the semifinals of the U.S. Open juniors uh, in singles, and I'm sure the thought enters your mind, well, maybe my game is more progressed than I thought it was, maybe I am ready to turn pro. What leads you to go to Ohio State, you know, ultimately, what leads you to choose the path that is college tennis? Um, so I chose very early that I was playing college tennis at Ohio State. I think I committed my junior year in about February, I think. Um, so at that point, I was, I think I was ranked about uh, like 300 something ITF. I was maybe like 11 or 12 in my class in tennis recruiting. I was a good player, but I think I really made a huge jump after I committed. Um, so at that point, I wasn't really thinking of going to straight pro. Um, although that's what I've been thinking my, my mind my whole life, obviously is to go pro, but, uh, at that point in my life, I was thinking college for sure. And then the results started to definitely start pouring in after that, um, after that decision. And then, you know, I think maybe I had a couple of thoughts here and there about maybe going pro, but instead of going to college, but not, not too much, I was still pretty set on going to Ohio state, uh, even after making semifinals in the U S open. Uh, I still felt like, you know, I was at Ohio State before I played the U.S. Open for about three months, and I saw the improvements that I made before that tournament, and I thought that I could, you know, keep improving myself there. So, yeah, That's the Ty Tucker difference. I'm curious, again, why Ohio State? You know, you commit early in your junior year. Your number, you know, you weren't the number one guy, but you, I'm sure, had plenty of options. What led you to the Buckeyes? Yeah, no, I, I took about 13, 14 visits. Uh, it was a long time ago now, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it was definitely just, I mean, I like Ty. I, I like his style. I like the way he coaches, honestly. It works perfectly for me. Um, it's kind of like a, you know, it's different for everyone. I feel like you either you love that kind of style or, or you just, you can't you know, work under that. But for me, um, I think we work really well together and, you know, I've improved a lot in my game. Uh, as far as my physicality and my toughness. And I think he's helped me a lot with that. And um, just being a Buckeye, I think, is something that's really cool and unique. And, um, you know, I went to probably two of the best sporting things that I could go to for Ohio State were my two visits. My first visit, I went to a home football game against Oklahoma, uh, which was pretty crazy. Uh, It was when Baker Mayfield waved the flag on the field after they beat us. 
Um, and then after that, I, I committed about a week after I watched the Texas A&M match at home where uh, Kipson spit in the hand, and I saw that whole match. I was in the front row, and I was like, dang, I got to go here. Oh, man, that is that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, so. talk about two things. I thank God you didn't say a Michigan game. I was going to cry. I, mm-hmm. I thought you were going to say you were there with the uh, the overtime game when it was short. I also, yeah, my official visit time. after I committed was, uh, was a Michigan game where they beat Michigan by like 40 points or something. Yeah, which time? um yeah no it's it's fair it's fair but hey whatever you know what I'm, i was almost gonna smack talk and then i realized what this podcast is and i'm like no now now is not the time now is not the time but um yeah no i i would uh yeah i, I mean i i can understand the allure i am totally when you talk about ty i think it's interesting because and i say this lovingly he coaches hard like there's no denying that it takes you two minutes of watching an ohio state practice or an ohio state match no he is going to try and extract every ounce out of his team and again that works for you how important is that relationship between player and coach and if you were offering advice to prospective recruits is that on the top of the list of things you should be looking for because i feel like that is the relationship that defines your time mm-hmm. yeah you need to have a good relationship with your coach because you're spending probably the most time with your coach out of anyone i mean you're spending time with your teammates and your coach i think those are the two most important things as far as picking a school, I mean, every school's got good facilities. I mean, weather is kind of a factor, but I mean, I'm okay with playing indoors most of the time. But um, I think coaching and uh, and teammates are probably the most important things because those are the people that you spend the most time with. And if you can get along with your coach and if he understands you and you understand what they want you to do, then I think then that's that's definitely something you need to find in a college coach. Yeah, absolutely. And you walk on campus onto an Ohio State team that was coming off of the National Indoor Championship in 2019. And, you know, obviously they brought back a bunch of talented guys. And, you know, it just you know, whether it's whether it's Kyle, whether it's John and yourself and James and that team goes to the National Indoors and plays one of my favorite matches I've ever attended in person. A 4-3 match. You guys end up uh, beating Wake Forest in and you know, I, I believe you beat Squire in that one, right? You, you got uh, him in the end, 7-5 seven, five, five, yeah. in the third, right? Yeah, that was, that was a fun match. And just, again, it's your first or second month, I suppose, on the job at Ohio State. To get thrown into that environment, is that the wake-up call? Is that the welcome to college tennis? Um, well, I mean, we did play uh, a few big matches before that one, I'll say. Oh, yeah, we, I forgot we, you played. Play, you beat Kukerman, right, Texas indoors. And, and USC at home uh, before the National Indoors. So I would say I think before that match, I was already pretty uh, you know, used to that those kind of environments. I think it was actually a step down, honestly, from playing with, like, 600 people in our tiny indoor with, like, not even being able to hear yourself at the ball. So I think that definitely prepares you for any environment when, um, you know, we have those home matches where we got like a big time team coming in. You guys uh, beat you beat Cookerman in that match, right? I beat Cookerman. Yeah, that was. So, uh, walk me that through was, that one because I that obviously he was number one in the country at the time and playing two singles at the time, but it made sense because Brandon was their one. You're a freshman. I mean, Cookerman's my age. He's a little bit older than you, obviously, and so you're playing that match that talk me through that environment you mentioned it 600 people just roaring above you yeah no it was a crazy environment i mean uh i'm just trying to remember it was like two years ago now but, <laughs> yeah it's, it was two lifetimes ago now, we're talking pre-covid yeah pre-covid so i mean i was playing i just remember playing lights out it was just one of those days where you know you don't get too many of them throughout a year where you're just 
everything's clicking and that was just one of those days and uh it's definitely a match i'll remember for a while uh i mean we won 4-2 i think james clinched um against dawsonich that was yeah i'm just a great environment and um yeah i'll definitely remember those days in the old indoor uh with that with that environment is is something pretty unique I will um, remember the James Nava match from the indoors that Wake Forest till my dying day. Just watching Ty coach in that match, I was just like, "Oh, that's what it's about." I, I that was it clicked for me. I was like, "Oh, I see it now. It all it all makes sense here." But yeah, you know, again, uh, for your team, and I guess for you, you mentioned it to have those two matches at home prior to the indoors. I forgot again with the COVID realities. I forgot what a Ty Tucker schedule looks like, and it's like, oh yeah, before the national indoors, you will have played five nationally Every ranked in the top twenty. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's nice, but yeah, you'll play at least three of the six schools in Texas before February first. There's no denying that. But um, again, for you to get thrown into the fire like that. Was it what you expected? Was it more? And again, I just imagine from a level of competition standpoint, you're seeing the best of the best right away. Yeah, um, I think it was a little bit uh, nerve-wracking at first. I think my match against Texas was the first actual big match I played. Um, I played Christian Sigsgaard, and he was about maybe 23 years old. He's probably five years older than me. Hits the ball big, too. And I was, you know, at first set, I was super nervous and uh I don't know. I kind of eased myself into it. We didn't finish the match. I was in a third set with him or something. It was like one zero in the third. But I think after that match, I kind of was like, I, I was kind of like, okay, you know, uh, I was kind of getting used to it. And uh, after that, then we played like Arizona state it was like a nice, like ease into playing, um, to playing tech, uh, not Texas, USC. And then once that hit, I was kind of, you know, in my groove and I was playing well and I was getting used to that kind of environment. Um, I think, I mean, for me, I feel like freshmen coming in that are good juniors, like it's there's nothing that can really prepare you for um, just coming in right off the bat and competing like in a big environment like that against another top school, uh, even if you've got good results in juniors, because there's not really anything that compares even playing junior slams. I, mm-hmm. I was going to say, I feel like with all due respect, semifinal of a U.S. Open junior slam does not have the crowd that the old Ty Tucker Center used to have just at that standard above. I think I, actually, honestly, my quarterfinal match at the U.S. Open, I, I had a big crowd, actually, because I'm from New York. But, oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. I had a lot of people that were coming out for that, so that was that was huge. I think my semifinal match we played in Louis Armstrong, and it was <laughs> empty. So that felt a little different because I played on a side court in the quarters, and it was, like, not a single seat, em- like, empty. But um, – but still, it's it's still like it's such a tight environment, and you know, with your teammates all around you and everyone yelling, there's just not as much like commands and stuff like that, and just like yelling at, just I don't know, it's just different. And, sure. it, and you again, with that in mind, I say this lovingly. I feel like that fire comes out of you in the dual match. I feel like that does bring out an intensity to you that maybe in your day in day out lives, you know, you're not yelling at people when you're having recreational conversations on the couch like there is an intensity i feel you bring to college tennis matches that fair Mm -hmm. no definitely i mean you have to um it's kind of a thing that ty makes us makes us do for sure uh it's something that comes with you know just being a buckeye i think is just yelling and like supporting your teammates and and all that so Mm -hmm. does it bring out your best tennis help you focus i think so Mm -hmm. um at times, at t- I'm, I don't know. I mean, I've played some pretty good tournaments where, where I'm just, you know, on my own. But um, 
I think some of those big moments, I've, I've definitely gotten better in those big moments with the with the team and the and the team environment. I think mm-hmm. I've definitely gotten used to that, and I've been pretty comfortable with that. And so for you, again, getting comfortable in that environment, we go to that you know March of 2020, and you guys have your big road trips planned. I think that was when you were going to go down to Texas and make the tech, or maybe out to California or Georgia. No, I, I think we went to Stanford in Georgia. Actually, we lost two matches in a row. Yeah, uh, on the road, and then we were. I think we were just starting uh, Big Ten play. We played Penn State, and we were actually going on a spring break trip. Mm-hmm. And like while we were in the airport, like we were taking off and we got like an email that said like everything is done. Like you got to like get off campus. And we were like already on the plane going to Myrtle Beach for spring break. So we were like, all right, whatever. We're just going to spend spring break and then we're going to go home and clear everything out of our dorms. And so, yeah, that was I mean, it was kind of a weird time to stop just because we played like one Big Ten match. But we got pretty much all the non-conference play in. Mm-hmm. But um, for you guys, again, what what are those? You're obviously down. You get to go on the spring break, but what are those first few weeks like? The confusion and just kind of figuring out everything that's happening. Uh, you're talking about in 2020, yeah, yeah for the COVID. Um, yeah, it was just uh, it was weird. You know, I went back home, and um, you know, I I honestly didn't take much of a break from tennis. Um, I got a court in my backyard, thankfully. Um, my dad teaches a lot of lessons in the backyard, so I was able to practice every day. I never had trouble, you know, finding courts, which was super fortunate for me. Um, and I got a, a good coach back home that, that was coming out and he was using my court and we were training every day. And I think I was one of the lucky ones over quarantine to be able to still be training and all that. Mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that. And obviously when we get into now your 2021 uh, season, you were on fire uh, from the start, and obviously you go through the un- uh, regular season undefeated. And you know I, I, what clicked for you this season? What what was working so well uh, from the start in January? Um, sorry, let me just. I'm just trying to remember the season. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was it was a long season for sure. I mean, it was taxing mentally. I think uh, just because we're playing just so many big 10 matches and as far as like the rankings were going and just like mentally like trying to like be like all right like i'm pumped up to like play these matches like like no offense to like a lot a lot of the big 10 schools you know they've they've got good programs and uh it was just frustrating not being able to play you know a lot of the top 20 teams throughout the year uh we lost that early match against virginia and that really that really uh, hurt us i think as far as the rankings were, were going and as far as just us getting you know good match play throughout the year but um, I had a good year. I mean, I, I won a lot of matches, you know. Um, I think, you know, honestly, I, I probably was getting away with some stuff that I that I didn't realize I could get away with when I started playing NCAAs um, just because we were in Big Ten play. But I, I think I had a pretty good year in general, and I won a lot of matches for my team, which is which is what matters the most. So. Yeah, that was a humble way. You were 27-0 and at one point during this season, and – that's special. That doesn't happen, even if it is a majority Big Ten schedule. That, at, to do that at the number one and two singles position, uh, again, if you don't mind me saying, it's why we're so excited to have you here as a Crack Rackets athlete, because that's about as good as it gets in college tennis. And, you know, you brought it up, so I, I apologize for even asking about it. If you're going to swear at me, this is going to be the moment. Don't worry, we'll quack it out. But that opening weekend against Virginia. Now, it turns out Virginia really f- good this season so like there is no shame in losing a match to a team that ran the gauntlet in the acc and was obviously one of the five best teams in the country but let's be blunt ty tucker teams don't lose at home like that's just not something they've done over the years 
what does that loss do for the team? Obviously, it lit a fuse. I was at that Illinois match where you gave them the business in Champaign. Yeah, so that match was was really tough. I mean, we were. Uh, I mean, it was pretty devastating. I think losing that early in the season at home, I, we were just you know getting started in our new facility, and um, you know it was just kind of weird because at that point we hadn't really played any matches at home. Like we've played one, we played one match against Middle Tennessee before that Virginia match, um, but before that we'd never played a match in that facility, so it almost didn't even feel like a real home match because we didn't have our home fans and we were in a new building, and it was just kind of like a. It was just, uh, it wasn't, you know, everything wasn't clicking yet at that point. Um, and it was definitely a wake up call, I think, um, for us as a team. And I think we definitely bounced back pretty well against Illinois. I think, I don't know how many weeks later, we had a long time until our next match after, after, after the, uh, match against Virginia, um, to regroup and, and train and, and get back into the, to the rhythm of it. But, um, yeah, that, that was a tough loss, but uh, I think I think we bounced back pretty good. Yeah, absolutely, and then, you know, another loss, and yes, yeah. I'm smirking. Uh, obviously, <laughs> in Ann Arbor, uh, yeah. the Wolverines able to get a victory, I think, first time since 2002. Of course, then they come to Ohio State, play a perfect first hour, 45 minutes of the match. We take mm-hmm. the, I said we, sorry, take the doubles point. Uh, Fenty's up a set and a break on you. What flips? You obviously end up taking that match. You, JJ, getting over the finish line. 4-3 victory for the Buckeyes. Talk me through that one. No, I just – I was I do a bad job of this. I look at the scores too much while I'm playing. <laughs> but it, it honestly, it helped me a lot in that match because I was, like, looking at the scoreboard and I was like, okay, I'm down a set and a break. Like, Tracy's down set and something. Like, Cash is losing the third. Like, John lost, like everyone's losing, like James, like Seymour like, is coming back on James. Like it was just, everything was turning down. I don't know. I think I found something inside of me that, uh, just made me want to fight and, um, just get that one, one more win. I, I thought, you know, if I could do it, then JJ could do it and James could do it. And, you know, just trying to get things rolling. And I think I managed to do that. I found a way to get back into the set and then, um, yeah, no, it was just it was an up and down match for sure. I went down a break in the third also, uh, and got got it back also. But um, yeah, no, that was one of those matches where I think I wasn't playing my best, but I, I had that adrenaline of you know playing for Ohio State against Michigan, where I just you have to give everything you have and on any day, you know, it doesn't matter how you're feeling or any of those stuff. So there were fans in the crowd for that one, correct? That was the one match we had lots of fans. And we so were how outside. special was that? That was really special, you know, being able to play with fans. We hadn't done that in, like, over a year or so. Yeah, and you said, yeah, you guys were outdoors, right? Because, and that's so, I mean, I remember watching it on the stream. We broadcasted the match. It was incredible and just to watch that run. And, obviously, you then get dealt the hand of you guys got to go down to Wake Forest for the opening weekend. I can count on one hand how many times Ohio State has had to leave Columbus on the opening weekend of an NCAA tournament. Talk me through that weekend, fire in your guys' bellies to go down there, beat that Wake Forest team. Yeah, no, that was that was a good weekend. Uh, we had a tough opponent at VCU first. That was like a 4-1 or a 4-2, I don't remember. But um, And then Wake Forest, we, we all played very well. Uh, me and Tracy got a big win at doubles in three, and we hadn't been playing well in doubles. So we got two doubles points in those two matches, which was huge for us um, because that was kind of our problem throughout the year. We were losing some doubles points. Um, so we got that fixed up and in singles guys were guys were getting it done and 
Um, I actually didn't finish any of my matches. I was in three setters in all both of my matches, but um, but yeah, guys were you know wanting it and wanting to prove people wrong, and I think uh, we definitely did that that weekend against Wake Forest. No, absolutely, and obviously disappointing ending TCU, and then you draw Blumberg first round. Very very fun match to watch. There's no denying that, and. I'm pretty sure, if memory serves me correct, there was a point penalty given from the match before from McNally and Draxel, and then you and Will are about to start. And if memory doesn't Will go, no, we're not he doing that. It. He didn't want it. No, he's a good guy, and he he wouldn't take that. But yeah, uh, I've known him for for a while too because he's a New York guy, and um, yeah, tough match. He's a good player. You know, yeah. obviously a college tennis legend. So yeah, no, no doubt about that. He will be the only ten-time All-American. You can lock that in right yeah. now. Um, but I mean, barring, I guess, a second pandemic, but, um, no, I mean, again, for you guys now looking at this season, I feel like heading into 2022, a little bit of change because Kyle's gone, John's gone. Those guys had been staples of Ohio state tennis. They won a national indoor championship. They were an undefeated number one team and they did all of these different things together. Now it's a different era. And obviously you're going to be the number one guy. It'll be your third year in the program as well. You guys have some veteran experience coming back. You bring back Tracy, you bring back Lay, you bring back Cash, you bring back Trotter. And then you bring in some new experience pieces in Van Emberg and Votzel as well. How are things looking in Columbus this fall? Are things looking up heading into this season? Uh, no, they're looking good. Um, I think we got probably one of our best teams we've had. Um, Honestly, I think uh, Mate Vocal has been here for about a week. Uh, unfortunately, he can't practice with the coaches yet because school hasn't started, but um, really great dude and a team guy. And I think he'll be huge for us, you know, having that experience of playing college tennis at the highest level. You know, he's a, he played number one Oklahoma State. And um, I think him and Van Ember comes in in January. Um, but I think also with him, you know, a guy that played number one in Oklahoma, a guy that has a lot of experience, um, older dudes, like we're going to have a, a much older team than we had the last two years, which I think is something that Ty talks about a lot is just having experience and, and uh, yeah, just having experience in these kinds of moments, you know. Um, me being a third year now, Boulay being a third year now, uh, Tracy going into his second year, I think we'll be – I think we'll be definitely experienced and uh, and ready to go. I think we're going to be having a good year for sure. How good's Tracy? I, he was crazy record last year. I know he's you know I think it was like what twenty seven and one or something stupid like that. I have a twenty six and three. Excuse me, twenty three and one in dual matches. I I think he's he's good. I, I'm a fan. Definitely. No, he's uh, he's the most consistent guy. I think in my opinion on our team. I think he's a rock. Um, you know, he's just a dude that you can you can definitely count on when it gets tight. And for example, like in that Michigan match, like I won my match and I looked over at Tracy. I saw him coming back in that second set. I, in my mind, Tracy won. Like it was it was over when it was Beatty and Tracy. Like like I was. There's no way that Tracy's losing this match. But um, obviously, he he did lose that one against Illinois in the Big Ten Championship. That was the only match he lost all year. But um, other than that, I mean, the guys a good team guy and great player. And, he, uh, he's the heir apparent to Selig, right? It's just like, all right, Selig's out, Tracy's in. Yeah. yeah I guess so. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's the staple. It's, again, it's – but one other thing, and again, you have an older team. You have some guys with experience. It's not that you were bad in doubles, but for a Ty Tucker team – Last year's doubles was not where they usually are. Yeah, yeah, okay. You said it. It was bad. It was bad yeah. for Ohio State. 
how much of that how much is that a focus this year just not going down 1-0 as frequently as you guys did yeah that's going to be a big focus for us this year um you know ty stresses it obviously a lot um we got to be better this year that's i don't know i mean we're definitely going to be working on it a lot um you know, we got vocal was, I think, number one in the world, uh, number one, not sorry, not number one in the world, number one in the country in doubles, uh, I think maybe a couple years ago. Um, I know that he was a pretty good doubles player there and uh, he'll kind of fill in, I think, um, you know, McNally's not on the team and he was playing doubles. So I think, um, you know, I feel like I'm getting better at doubles. I think my volleys are getting better. I've been working on a lot and, um, you know, it's definitely a part of my game that definitely needs to keep getting better. Does that, uh, does that, I was going to say, does that part, working on the doubles, because doubles is a big part of the of college tennis, there's no denying that. How does that help you prepare for the pros? Uh, the doubles? Yeah. Um, I mean, just as far as, you know, coming into the net and being able to finish points, I think that's a pretty important aspect of playing pro tennis. I mean, being able to fall into the net and close, and, you know, you don't get too many opportunities in, in pro tennis to, you know, get a short ball and put it away and, and put away the volley. So I think... That's something that I definitely need to keep working on, and I have been working on with Ty. Mm-hmm. And, and, and when you look at your game as you, because you're a guy who does have pro aspirations, justifiably so, what are the things you're looking for through this season? Perhaps another one as well, although I always think there's the chance you could win the NCAA title this year, get that U.S. Open wild card, you win a match there, then it's the doors open. Um, but, you know, what are you looking to, to, to improve during the remaining time in college to prepare yourself for a life on the pro tour? I definitely need to keep uh, working on my physicality. Um, I spent a lot of time this summer working on my body and, you know, changing up my diet a little bit, eating cleaner, uh, working out, you know, trying to put on weight. I put on about uh, 10, 12 pounds this summer. Um, unfortunately, I, I lost a little bit of it since I was playing tournaments after because I was just training for about a month. And I started playing tournaments, and, you know, it kind of goes away. But I think I have a better understanding of, of how to, you know, put weight on myself and get stronger. And, you know, I think uh, as far as the other things in my game, I feel like they just need to be fine-tuned a little bit. I think my serve, you know, just being more consistent, holding serve all the time, you know. Um, I think I've got a pretty good return of serve as well. But, um just as far as my game, I, I think I just need to keep, you know, fine-tuning little things. There's not too many drastic changes that, you know, people at this level need to be making. But um, definitely always things to improve upon. Yeah, that's fair to say. And um, it's interesting to hear you talk about, again, developing physically. And I feel like college is the perfect place to do that. But little anecdote for all of our listeners, we were at the same hotel in Orlando. And I think it was – what was it, the morning or maybe it was the night before the match against TCU? Mm-hmm. And you're in the weight room and you're putting in additional hours that you, I'm sure you guys had already been on the practice court. And I'm sure you were still getting prepared for your matches there for the NCAA tournament. Is that just the extra work that has to go into being the pro tournament? That's when that sort of work has to happen. Definitely. I mean, if you go to any pro tournament, you see, you know, guys in between their matches, they're in the gym, uh, they're lifting weights, whether it's light, probably, probably more likely to be lightweights. Um, Which I think it was on the day for those curious. I, I don't think you were yeah. using anything yeah, was, bigger was, than 30. weights. I was throwing weights. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, it's definitely something that's important. I think is keeping your body in shape, you know, doing kind of explosive movements and, and, uh, you know, keeping your body strong. Cause when you're at these tournaments and you're playing and, you know, you go back to your hotel and you sit around all day, um, you know, 
I, I just, you know, for me, everyone's different, but uh, for me, I think that's something that I've started to do a little bit more is getting in the gym while I'm in tournaments and, uh, you know, trying to maintain that kind of strength that I, that I have when I'm just training. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, there's no denying that. I, I think certainly, um, I mean, I think everyone who watched you play could see uh, the developments you made this season and obviously the serve, the forehand stand out immediately, but yeah, it, it's certainly, again, a really, really exciting time, I feel like, for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And when you look towards the 2022 season, any immediate short-term goals? I'm sure it's go undefeated again in the Big Ten. Um, but just looking towards the season, what are you guys trying to accomplish? As you mentioned, it's an older team. Yeah, no, I mean, we're trying to win a national championship for sure. Uh, that's our goal. Uh, we talk about it every day. And, um, you know, I think this this is the year that we can do it. We got an older team and, you know, we're going to try, we're going to win the big, Ten. we're going to try and win the big 10. And that's obviously a, a big short-term goal. Um, but in the end, I think we have the talent and the, and the, you know, the guys to, to win it, to win it all this year. So, um, I mean, as far as me, obviously I want to just, you know, win every match I play, um, whatever position that is, if it's one or two, or I don't know where I'll be playing, but, um, uh, we'll, we'll see, but, uh, I think, I think it'll be, uh, you know, I think it'll be our year. Yeah. Uh, again, it's super, super exciting season and more than anything else, I feel like it's going to be nice to just get more practice time. Like I'm, I feel like you guys probably spent less practice time in 2021 than you did in the three months you had together in 2020. Um, and just so, uh, again, it, it's going to be nice to see crowds. Certainly the Ty Tucker Tennis Center are going to get the shine it deserves in its full, full, hopefully first open season. Uh, but again, Cannon, we're really, really excited to have you here as part of our Cracked Rackets team. We appreciate you uh, agreeing to do this as a Cracked Rackets athlete. And um, I'm sure we are going to chat with you more throughout the course of the season. So good luck to you as you prepare. I'm not going to say the first two letters. I don't have it in me, but you know those letters. And uh, obviously, take it easy. I'll I'll say the next two. There it is. is. Awesome. We'll take it easy, Cannon. I appreciate you doing this. All right. Thanks, Alex. Have a good one. Awesome. Hope all of you enjoyed our conversation with Ohio State standout Cannon Kingsley. Again, expect to hear more from Cannon throughout the course of the season as we have him as part of our Project Elite program here at Cracked Rackets. To hear more about that, hop on over to the Great Shot Podcast feed, Cracked Rackets CEO Dalton Thieneman. I gave him a rare pass. We've banned him from the podcast moving forward, but we allowed him on just this once to chat about this new Project Elite program, what our hopes for it are here at Cracked Rackets. So again, to learn more about that, wow, that was very Midwest, at Cracked Rackets. Uh, But to learn more about that, go hop over to that Great Shot podcast feed. Again, a thank you to Kingsley, uh, Cannon, sorry, thank you to Cannon Kingsley, thank you to Cannon for taking the time to chat with us. Thank you to Isabella Boulay as well, our first two athletes we've got couple more fun announcements in the queue though so be on the lookout for more about project elite moving forward again we're well aware there's a lot of other stuff happening across the tennis world as well u.s open on the horizon atp wta tours carrying on challenger action heating up as well u.s open qualifying this week we're covering it all here at Crack Rackets. You don't want to miss any of that coverage. So, of course, to find it all, go to the website, crackrackets.com. Like, rate, subscribe, review to this show, the Mini Break Podcast, Great Shot Podcast. And, of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Crack Rackets. You want to message me directly, I'm at Great Shot Pod. A shout out, as always, to our super producers, Max Ligger and Daniel Westoff, for the f- of editing job they do day in, day out. With all that said, for 
our newest Cracked Rackets athlete, Cannon Kingsley, our super producers, Fligner and Westoff, and all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. You've been listening to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. Stay safe. Stay healthy. We'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>